Super sick. Intercourse. Conduct. Sexually transmitted infection. HIV. Sexual health. Treatment. Prevention. Sexually transmitted infection. specialist. Hello and welcome to the podcast. My name's Tom and you're listening to the Sydney Sexual Health Centre podcast where we talk about all things related to sexual health. In this podcast, we'll be exploring the importance of nutrition with Jane Marriott. Nutrition is just a part of every day. We all do it. Um, and there's so many people who are giving you advice all the time. And Leah Panomo. Nutrition, as we know, is a big part of for the health and well-being. They are accredited practicing dietitians who work at the Albion Centre, who have started working here at Sydney Sexual Health Centre at a nutrition clinic that has commenced here on Fridays. And stick around to the end of the podcast to hear a little bit about sustainable ways of eating into the future. 80% of the world eats insects. It's um, even in, say, um, Kenya, they have dietary guidelines about eating insects. But first we discover how Jane and Leah became interested in nutrition. Okay, well, I have always been interested in nutrition and particularly the science aspects of it. I was a bit of a nerdy child and I used to, in my holidays, do projects on like fruit and vegetables of the world and illustrate them just for fun, that sort of thing. And I guess what gives me a lot of pleasure is being able to translate that kind of nutrition and science and the curiosity around it into helping people. I really find that rewarding. Uh, for myself, um, I guess um, the thing that I'm interested in nutrition initially because my love of food and cooking and when I grew up as well, I live in in a house with a big garden and also we, we had chickens and I remember I, I had really fond memories of cooking with my mom that grew me into food, cooking and nutrition as well and also helping others so that's I guess that's a perfect choice for me to continue my career in um, nutrition as a dietitian. Sydney Sexual Health Centre has started offering a nutrition clinic here on Fridays but what does nutrition have to do with sexual health? Yeah, um, I guess everyone needs a good nutrition. Uh, good nutrition means that we eat well, we've got enough nutrients from um, different food groups and that um, help us to be able to function and perform. But in terms of the sexual health, I guess we can link in nutrition and infection and the immune function as well. How that um important for our immune function while we eat well, we have a good nutrition and that's is likely we fight infection. And if we talk about HIV nutrition as well, for most people living with HIV, generally like they can follow normal as a general population, eat a healthy diet, but there's also side effect medication, the Dutch dietitian, and then with the good nutrition can help with that. Um, so that's another thing. And I would also like to mention about the liver health. Um, that that's something that with the hepatitis and then the complications. Yeah, and just to add to that, Leah did Leah did mention that it's important for everyone. Nutrition's important for everyone throughout our life, but also across the life cycle from birth to old age. So for us, um, we kind of I mean this is a little bit of an analogy, but it, we're a bit like plants. If we don't have, you know, like if a plant doesn't have 
soil and fertilizer and water it's not going to thrive and very much we're the same although we're not plants but um nutrition is part of everything that we do and i guess we're biased because you know we think nutrition every day all day um, but we see that as important for other people there's other things as well like oral health is really you know if we don't have a healthy mouth um, it's pretty disastrous and particularly in sexual health um, with HIV for example inflammation and medications may mean things like having a, a dry mouth which can then affect um, a whole lot of things like being able to eat, being able to talk, all that sort of stuff. Um, and a, and a, you know, a healthy mouth is important for functioning, not, not to have a healthy sex life, as well as you know, if we think about how we function just overall. Improving nutrition can also reduce comorbidities, particularly for people living with HIV. We know that the population who have HIV are ageing, which is so different to previously. And along with that, just like everyone else in Australia, um, they're getting comorbidities like diabetes and heart disease and cancers, um, all sorts of um, things like too, like the liver disease, osteoporosis, you know, with um, bone health and renal and the liver disease, which Leah mentioned before. Um, the thing about HIV is that people who have HIV are at a higher risk of getting comorbidities, but also at earlier age. So we are actually seeing that for example, sarcopenia, where low muscle tone, we, I mean, we start losing muscle from in our 30s. Um, we're seeing that happening at an earlier age in people who have HIV. In fact, at Albion, we've seen a few people in their 30s and 40s who are at risk of falls. So risk of falls is related to nutrition, through frailty. Um, that's something that we play a big part in about eating healthily for that reason. Mm -hmm. um, other comorbidities as well, like um, fatty liver, 60% of people who have HIV are likely or higher risk of having fatty liver. So I, there's a whole range of comorbidities um, that we, that where nutrition plays a really important part. I think in Australia, it's something like up to 30% of the comorbidities or the chronic diseases that affect most of Australians are related to diet and that's no different for people with HIV in fact higher because of the inflammation. The nutrition clinic isn't just available for people living with HIV but anybody who may benefit who attends our service. Well, things like weight concerns or disordered eating behaviors um, because disordered eating may also include like um, things like restrictive eating, cons compulsive eating or inflexible eating patterns so that's something that we can look at um, relationship with food and even if you are healthy as well working with the dietitian can also still improve your eating style for example if you are um, doing exercise what what the fuel that you need before or after exercise how you can um, maximize like your um, performance in a way so health literacy is something that we can help with people. Um, I, think, I think, as Leah said, we're often seen as food police who, if you come in to see us, it's about, no, don't eat this, don't eat that. But actually we're quite, uh, well, not quite, we are a good source of information and help people work things out. And one of the things we do enjoy doing is getting people to think critically about the information that they're that they've been reading, like what is the source of, you know, was it from a nutritionist? Was it just um, a person who decided to be blogging because, you know, they had had a good experience on something? Um, 
we also get um, a lot of, I guess we talk about gut microbiome quite a bit, which is, you know, really important, that gut-brain access um, to re-ensuring showing good health. Um, I think of another person the other day who came in, I was asking how many vegetables they eat, and they said one, and I thought, oh, that might be one a day, but it's actually one a week, and it is near not impossible this person wanted to be healthy but it's near not impossible if you're eating in that style so often it's just helping people tweak what they're doing very basic but um, more about what they can include and those questions um, the other things that we do find people come about is like um, symptom management so constipation um, bloating um, that sort of stuff um, allergies and intolerances more about um, people often think food is the cause of basically everything <laughs> that's going on um, and we can do a lot with we're helping people with that yeah. so helping to improve people's quality of life yeah spot on Tom that's exactly um, but often people don't realize that and they don't want to come and as I say it's getting the step in the door quite often we can have 10 minute chats with people and that's enough um, for them to then kind of okay yeah all right um, and then Come back for another another appointment as well so yeah it doesn't have to be i need a diet you may also looking at uh, how to manage eating on the budget because yes. that's that's just something that yeah it's everyone i guess like sometimes it can can be tricky when we manage that um like a how how to shop on a budget yeah i guess that one example that i can share um a client that been referred to me is just moved to um australia um, from different countries so um, it's a new client and, and um, it's navigating as well in terms of like how the the eating um, patterns different from from the, the country that um, that particular client live in and now moving to Australia there's uh, so many things uh, I guess layers uh, for that client to go through like um, navigating healthcare and also unfamiliarity with food like so we we exploring like what because um, when we're talking about food is something like we have a preference like everyone so we're looking at what what would be the um, option that um, this particular client can choose and then some kind of like that information where um, okay where, where to get that this as, as a um source of um like where to buy this like um or the, uh, even supermarket as well and then that feeling overwhelmed i've got to admit after work i'm usually ordering uber eats but, yeah, uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah well there's healthier way like if you're interested in health there's some healthier ways to do it and you know eating takeaways and stuff like that there are healthier ways and st easy things to do at this from that you can buy from the supermarket Leah and Jane also recommended a number of websites and apps that can help people to eat better. I've linked these in the description. Then there's also support programs like Get Healthy New South Wales is a coaching online program, which is really good. And are there any particular stories or cases you'd like to share as an example of the work you do? We had um, cardiovascular disease. He had a stroke and ended up having to have a valve replacement. He's really unwell. He... Um, this example though is more about malnutrition and frailty which we which can't be treated with any medications um, really basically it's um, nutrition and exercise that sort of thing so um, he 
he had lost his taste and he'd lost his appetite and he was only eating like a meal was like two dumplings so really really small and a lot of the time he's just throwing food out of his fridge because he looked at it and would be feeling sick so really really limited very frail like to get in out of the car would be quite difficult um going upstairs say to come to clinic impossible but what happened was he put them on nutrition supplements which so they provide like um, the micronutrients and macronutrients so that's the protein energy heaps of fat and carbohydrates and then all the vitamins and minerals that they needed so he had that plus a bit of diet and he has changed totally changed now he's um able to go out he actually now can go and socialize with people he goes out to eat he actually eats three meals a day because it kind of switched him back into being nourished and that whole thing of being malnourished and affecting your mood feeling depressed everything that's switched him back as well so i guess it's not a um he's still got the cardio like the stroke background but because he's moving more, he's got more muscle, he's got more interest in life, he's socialising, he's happier, quality of life's better. That's all helps you live a healthier life as well. And now that's all changed as well. So it's kind of all come together, which is really not nice. And you wouldn't, if you're thinking about referring him to a dietitian, what would you write that as? Oh, please see this man about being more sociable and being able to go out. Um, but nutrition's played a key part in that. So it really is a holistic... Yeah, um, exactly. Yeah. So that's kind of more the malnutrition rather than the, um, you know, like fat lipids and other things which are kind of clinical, but, yeah, really important. Well, I did want to ask a question as well about uh, entomophagy. So mm -hmm. hopefully I pronounced that correctly, but uh, could you tell me a bit about it? Yeah, sure. So entomophagy is eating insects and... Um, so we don't eat all types of insects because there are some that are inedible, but it's about edible insects. And um, I guess in Australia we have we don't really eat insects except when we're asleep at night and we've got our mouths open and we're eating them. Eighty percent of the world eats insects. And some even in say um, Kenya they have dietary guidelines about eating insects. Here we're very very different. In fact, you know, you think of the indigenous cultures and eating insects. They've been doing that for many many years. So yeah, insects are what is it? New burgeoning, or you know, we need to be doing it. And I think watch this space because there'll be a lot more um, insects available in Australia, and particularly more information on how to use it. That literacy about how to use it. The moment if you want to eat crickets and mealworms that sort of thing it's very hard to get hold of them and then to know what you're going to do with them as well and insects too can be grown like couldn't could be grown in the city there there's for example there's a farm growing crickets and mealworms just west of Parramatta yeah. um, and here in Australia we're very there aren't that many places growing them but we're very sure to make sure that they don't have parasites in their guts and also that they're grown so that they're by they're biosecure that but safety um so they're they're grown in closed environments so it's really not advice to go and eat the insects that you find outside because they could have had pesticides bagel that sort of thing um yeah so it's a it's a really um regimented industry that is growing definitely 
And I guess there's still a bit of a cultural ick factor about yeah, eating insects. But uh, yeah. what, what sparked your interest in it? Yeah, well, actually, talking about ick factor, do you know, probably at the start of last century, prawns were, and lobsters were considered poor people's food because they looked um, so terrible. Uh, you know, they just were ick foods. And now you think of that on Christmas, you know, Christmas Eve, we're queuing up and we're paying masses for these foods. So you think again about sushi, for example, what, 20 years ago, raw fish in Australia was not something that was also a bit of an ick factor. So I guess what why I'm interested is because we, as a dietitian, I think it's really, really important that we are the ones who are making sure that the foods, that new foods, um, that we provide that literacy that so people understand and facilitate um, insects because they are, you're right, it's sustainable, it helps climate change. Don't really think that we'll just be only eating insects, but certainly add them into our other protein sources. They're fantastic foods. They're one of the only animal proteins that includes fiber as well. So in their shells, like the crickets have their chitin in their shells. Um, good source of iron and everything, I think. Um, it's interesting, even vegetarians would consider the, that, that they're okay because they fit that's for the vegetarians who are thinking of sustainability and you know, saving the planet, that fits their that kind of reason for eating. Vegans, not so happy about that. But yeah, the ick factor, as you said, is one major hurdle. So I guess it's really changing how we look at insects. It's not something we grow up with. In Australia, we grow up with, oh, there's an insect, let's kill it. Yeah. So a big cultural change. Yeah, yeah. I guess we should probably clarify that if people come to the Sydney Sexual Health Centre Nutrition Clinic, uh, we won't be asking them to eat insects. But... <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah, it's just, that's a side hustle to use. What is it? <laughs> the lingo. Yeah. Unless they want to. Yeah. <laughs> Happy to give advice if people want to know how to make... Um, muffins with crickets in them or chocolate cacao you know the cacao balls with um crickets yes or mealworms where to buy your roasted chili mealworms happy to help (laughs) you've been listening to the sydney sexual health center podcast where we've been discussing our new nutrition clinic as well as some options for healthy eating now and emerging options for the future To stay up to date with the latest information in sexual health, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and LinkedIn. The links are in the description. And if you like the podcast, please share and subscribe.